the Dadcast, episode 34. Like, cataclysmic wow. Yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, blown away. It's like peeling back an onion with him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll never satisfy me. Oh, Jesus Christ. Nearly live from the Wendy House studios of Valo Bay, it's the Two Fat Dads Dadcast. I'm Francois Fortier, and in the studio with me tonight, Mr. Uh, Stefan Deneau. Are you finally going to stop shuffling that paper around? I'm done. You're done I stuck now. It up your, we, uh, we can get going? I stuck it in your garbage. All right, good. Let me just uh, welcome uh, Mr. Ben, who's uh, all the way uh, in his manoir on the Richelieu River. You're not, uh, you're not, suffering, too, you're not suffering any leakage or, or, or flooding from the, the riverbanks blowing all over the place? Or is it frozen over no. down your end? Oh, it's not even frozen over. We've got a river. It's going to be a while. There's a river flowing, flowing right outside the Wendy house. Because uh, what most people don't know is that there actually was a stream behind our house uh, a long time ago that used to go all the way down to the lake and in the Valois Bay, right? And uh, right now that's like an underwater, an underground stream, but every once in a while it seems to surface. <laughs> so we could be doing a... a, a um, we could be doing our show from the middle <laughs> of the Valua Bay later on. <laughs> it could be quite interesting. So we got a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh, if, if, and no one's aware, tonight we are recording. It is December first, uh, two thousand and ten, and basically means that today is the um, Canadian National Podcasting Day. And in uh, memoir or in uh, celebration of that, we released a show that we recorded last night, uh, which was uh, Dadcast 33 and a Third, uh, Podcasting 101. Uh, Shirley, uh, you're not serious. I am serious. And stop calling me Shirley. Okay. I was waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> so you can find that. Because we did it yesterday. I know, but Steph wasn't there and I thought maybe he'd chime in and do okay, it. Okay, okay. So well, uh, I'm done. So why do it again? Okay. So basically, that uh, that that show is a uh, I, 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 as as much as we can do about of a pretty much a podcasting how to guide. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you have any kind of um, comments to make about it, please, please, we encourage you to let us know by email or by uh, and there's an email form on the website uh, by comments on the blog itself, Twitter about it, do something, put you know go to our Facebook page, just let us know what you thought about it because we're thinking about doing that as a talk at next year's podcast Montreal. And one thing one thing that I want to bring up and <clears throat> that's important and, and it's something that we want to bring into the show probably starting with today's show is we'd like to just start answering some of our uh, listeners' questions. So if you don't mind, Jeff, I'm going to Are start. we going to do that with or without the Cylon voice? I th well, I think I can do that now. I think I can, um, I can answer one of our uh, listeners' questions. Okay. And what would that question be? Yeah, okay. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we, we, didn't get, we didn't get the live stream working. There's no chat room tonight or anything. Or, uh, we're actually, it is something that we're, we're struggling with a little bit. It seems to be the only way to get a live stream going would be to um, do our show the way we normally do and then run all the audio out of that show into another computer that would then stream. That seems like a hell of a lot of work. So we're just going to record it, edit it up, and post, put it on iTunes tomorrow and you can listen to it then. Uh, yep. Maybe may, may, may one day we'll, we'll, we'll do something a little bit more intense. But for now, I think we'll leave the live streams for when we are live in, a, in like the Mesa 14 and and leave it at that. Now, I must big huge thank you to to Kevin and Mike again. Um, I know we said thank you yesterday in in the um, 
in 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 the, the special edition dad cast 33 and a third but i really wanted to, to do a, a regular kind of like big thanks i uh, really appreciate them letting us use the room they have let us know that we can use it again we will be doing more live shows so if you want to be a guest of the dad cast you have something you want to talk about you've got an event coming up uh, some kind of camp <laughs> any kind of camp if you got like a i don't know uh, we've done what well, we've done pod camp we've done mobile montreal camp we've done cupcake camp what are we uh, what, what kind of camp have we not done yet guys cooking up with i don't know whatever the next camp is let us know if you want to be on our show we'll uh we'll, we'll camp away uh <laughs> at the maze of 14 so uh it could be could be a really interesting uh could be a really interesting concept let us know how you feel about that just so you know uh, i'm free on december 25th so yeah um that's gonna be interesting <laughs> why is it gonna be interesting because because he'll be he'll be high on eggnog like he's every december 25th <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah so, but i spike but st- it so but Steph, i thought you didn't drink i don't i don't i spike it with water yeah <laughs> That's ah, the, I see. The problem. I see. It starts cleaning a that system. That H2O will get you every time. It, it, yeah. it starts cleaning a system out and then thinning his blood, and then he can breathe normally again. So it's like he's he's like on on Puro Two or something. He's uh, <laughs> 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 no longer got the gravy going through straight through his his veins. So if, if if any of you are wondering why why or how come Steph is actually on the show, um, even if uh, you know the big announcement of the week happened, uh, that basically. Um, the world of Azeroth has completely been turned head over heels and uh, the whole landscape has changed. It's a brand new universe and the cataclysm has arrived. Or has it? Like, I don't get it now. You're tweeting about it. You're not tweeting about it. I don't understand. What is what is happening in the world of Warcraft, Mr. Deneau? What they've done is they've released, a, I guess, a fourth, uh, a th- well, I guess it's the third expansion pack, which is called Cataclysm which will officially hit or will officially have all the benefits and all the feature enhancements on December 7th. Up till now, what they've done with release 4.03 is they've shaken the world up a little bit. So because of the limitation that they had with technologies and things that they could do with designing and graphic enhancement, they were limited when they first created the, the, what we call the old, old world. They enhanced it by creating Outland and Northrend and, you know, with the Burning Crusades and the Wrath of the Lich King. But this one, what they've done is they've gone back to the drawing board for a lot of these worlds and said, how can we flip some of these worlds to make it more attractive to people? How can we make it so that people are going to be, are going to want to go back to these old worlds and, and, you know, do quests around them and stuff like that. So what they've done is they've really redesigned some of them. Some of them have actually been completely changed over uh some of them have just suffered some cosmetic changes for example stormwind one of the bigger uh, places have had a little bit of both so there's part of the castle has been destroyed but they've enhanced stormguard keep they've enhanced some of these things so these are some of the things that they've done to date what will happen on december 7th is they're going to enhance some of the features in, in essence characters are going to go up to be able to acquire experience up to level 85 they're also going to take on a new profession called archaeology. They're going to have some new quest <laughs> whoa, whoa, lines. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, sorry. Archaeology? Are you guys going <laughs> to dig up old? It's already pretty much the olden days of old, of whatever. And you're going to dig up even older people? Well, the idea you're, you're is gonna that... Have, you're going to have a little brush and a chisel and you're going to be hammering away at rocks next to the gold? 
the idea is that this skill will help you uh, discover our, our, yeah, exactly. Mine no. gold or treasures better. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, okay. if you're not, if you're not into the game I just, and you think that's, that this, this profession may not, you know, kind of, kind of sounds silly. The first three are fishing, cooking, and first aid. Right. Now, <clears throat> some of them are say, well, okay, cooking is important because you need to heal yourself or make food. Well, fishing is a source of the, of the food, of what you can gather and make uh, to each, and of course, fi- of course, first aid is so that you can heal yourself or heal somebody else. Right, right. A lot of these things have actually turned into profits, so you can create a lot of the healing material. You know, you can take some of the materials, create some healing bandages or or what have you, and sell them in the auction house to generate some cash. So you are you are able to sell the stuff that you build to other characters. Oh, absolutely! I, I, thought, I, I didn't think that was allowed. I thought that was all like banned. No, no, no. That. That's you're allowed as long as you do it through the auction house within the game. Okay. So that, for example, my paladin is a uh, a blacksmith miner. So I mine some of the materials. I can smelt them into things that I can either with my blacksmithing skill I can create some of these armors or weapons. And recently, in the last couple of weeks, I've been putting a lot of stuff on auction house, and I'm making. A lot of gold, more, okay, more so, gold than, than I thought I, I would. I want to get back to the auction house here for a minute. So you have this uh, this incredible Vorbal sword or something. I always go back because that's like Steve's favorite sword. Uh, so we're gonna go back to like, like this Vorbal sword, whatever. And you wanna you wanna give it to me? Say you can't do that. You can't just drop it in the game and I can't pick it up. No. Right? There, the, some so of if the you items, drop it, it destroys. Right? Well, there's there's whole, hold on. There's a whole bunch of different things. Some equipment which. What each equipment or things that you find, uh, the loot that you find has different levels. So, for example, if you pick up an item that's got a gray name, so if its name is highlighted in gray, it's basically worthless. So you're going to take it and you're going to vendor it. So you're going to sell it to get some money out of it. If it's white, it either can be used for a quest or it has some sort of value so you can keep it. Then your item can then be green, it can be blue, it can Those be Those are the magical powers, right? Correct. And purple okay. right now is, I believe, the, the highest here, and I think they're bringing in some newer gear now, which will be even more powerful than that. Okay. But within those categories, some equipment is, you can use it as long as you're searching such and such level. Some are bind on equip, so you can pick it up, but it's not, you can sell it to someone or you can give it to someone if you haven't, you know, used it. So if if you put it on as as a sword, for example, you pick up a sword and you say, "I'm going to use this sword." As soon as you pick it up and put it in your in your on your character, not in your loot bag, you can't sell it to someone. You can only vendor it. There's others that are bind unequipped because they're valuable enough that they don't want you to pick up a you know a weapon at from your level 80 character. You say, "Oh, I'm going to pick up this weapon. I'm just going to transfer it to my uh, level one tune." They don't want you to do that. Some of them, and I still don't have any of those, are bind on on account. So you can find a weapon that's, for example, a, a two-handed sword that'll give you, you know, a thousand to twelve hundred uh, attack points, and it'll give you plus seventy-two stamina and you know plus two hundred in strength or something like that. And it's bound on your account, so you can transfer it from one tune to the next. So you can have a level one that's using this this weapon. So basically, it helps you level up a lot faster. Okay, so that, let me go back to, to the auction house part. So you want to take your sword down to, and you want to sell it to me. So we would both go down to, say, the auction house, and uh, or we'd, I'd meet you at the auction house, and you put it on the auction block, but there's a fair chance that somebody else might outbid me and win that. Is that what I'm here? Is that what I kind of understand? 
Well, yes. Well, yes. There's two. You're alluding to two things here. If I made the equipment, then yes, I can send it to you. Well, if you so made I can, the I can, equipment, so you you can't sell on a quest item. Well, you can't. Well, there's certainly, like I said, it depends on what on which bind it has, right? So if I pick up a an equipment that's bind on on equip, I can. If and I don't equip it, I can sell it to you. Or I can even give it to you. I can trade it to you. So I can okay. meet with you in Stormwind. Say, I want to trade. I'll give you this. You give me twenty gold or ten gold, whatever, and it's yours. And okay. that's that's an, that's the end of that. But let's say I I have some vorp, some great weapons or some great armor that I've created. I don't know. 20 people that are going to and be interested in buying it. So I will go on an auction house and say, I want to sell this. The starting price is, I don't know, nine gold. Right. It's good for 48 hours. Whoever bids on it, whoever gets the highest bid wins. Or you can buy it for 15 gold outright. So there's okay. a bid price and there's a buyout price. A lot of people will make the buyout price very close to the bid price, so that you just you're, you're not going to waste your time. Just going to buy it right outright and be so done with it. So you're not playing eBay auctions all day long. <clears throat> Correct. And I'll okay. tell you most of the most of the stuff, if not all of the stuff that I've bought from auction house has been buyouts. I don't do the bids. It's just you don't have 48 hours. If you need something, you're normally going to say, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to wait uh, 48 hours before I get it." Okay. Quite interesting, because I mean, like in in the old days of Diablo, in the old days of and 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 Torchlight, and even even Gauntlet and stuff like that, you would run through the dungeons, acquire as much crap as you can, and then just go and sell it. And you would never really build your own stuff. The only thing cool about Diablo was that after a while, your your goods would get destroyed, right? Because you you'd get wear and tear in them, so you'd have to continuously repair them. Do you have to repair your goods in uh, in WoW or? No. Well, yes, you do. Because, you know, you've got wear and tear. But the better equipment you have, the more it costs you to fix it. All right. So that, okay, so that, that's something new they're doing, I guess. So not, not new they're doing, but something more they're doing, right? In the, in the new version? Right. Okay. No, no, no. This was already there. It's, it's already there. It's already there. They're just improving on some of the things. And they're going to improve on some of the weapons and some of the loot um, with their, I guess, power scores that they're going to have or gear score, as we call it. Okay, so what what happens then on December seventh? You 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 go, you get a new disc, or you download it off of Steam or whatever, and you basically just you download it off Blizzard, Blizzard, or you okay. purchase it at you know Best Buy, Future Shop, or your local computer uh, game store. Okay, and then basically as you load it up, it'll it'll it was like basically a huge expansion pack. It'll change some of the graphics engines, I guess, a little bit, and then basically you're playing a brand new quests. You've got new quests. You've got new uh, access to new character types. So for example, right now. You've got certain races that are available. Well, they're introducing two new races, one for the Alliance, one for the Horde, the Worgans for the Alliance and the Goblins for the Horde. Okay. The Worgans? Yes. They're, they're humans that can transform into werewolves. So they're, they're, they're werewolves? Sorry, go on. I, that... they're, they're like werewolves, yes. Right. Okay. So, the, so these characters have the capability, uh, you know, the benefit of having a Worgan, and I don't know all the, the history of the character, but... The assumption is that this character, because it's has human form, can carry certain weapons that a human can. But because he's a werewolf, he can also attack, you know, feral attacks as if he was an animal. And he can travel a lot faster because he'll travel a lot faster in an animal form than he would in a human form, right? Okay, so it's not, it's not your, like, uh, it's not your typical, uh, it's a kind of werewolf hybrid. He's not like, he does, you don't lose all your senses when you go into werewolf form. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, all right. Hang on a second. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> Hang on a second. I thought it was going to be sliding into the end of the show. It seems like no, um, you're 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 pretty much. We just we just started talking WoW a bit. No, what the hell's going on, Staff? Yes, Ben's gone, right? Yes, Ben is gone. Oh, he's not even online. 
Ben's not even with us. Okay, let's try this all over again. Hello? Hello, how are you? Uh, well, can you hear me now? Hello, caller. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hello, caller. <sighs> Hello, caller. Yes, I don't start that. Because you guys are cutting every second word, whatever happens. Okay, well, he you... makes it sound like we're doing it on purpose. <laughs> I know, every week, eh? Every week. It's your fault, you bastards! Well, probably. <laughs> since the one thing I don't... Last week was raining like all hell. Now... No. I'm about to say it's the temperature. <sighs> you know what? I think the Richelieu is slowing in a different direction this week. <laughs> and it's causing turbulence <laughs> in the tubes. Yeah. When are you going to wire your, your, your conservatory? God damn it. Eh? When are you going to hardwire a conservatory? And by the way, when I was on the Mighty Richelieu the other day at the Tim Hortons, I did not get an invitation to the manoir. No? <laughs> no. I just asked that some people were asking me for donuts and coffee, but I, I thought for sure, ah, an invitation to the manoir was forthcoming. Did you, did you tweet it? I tweeted it. Eating uh, lunch at, Dunk, at Tim Hortons. Oh. On did, the Mighty Richelieu. Maybe, uh, maybe he was busy uh, you know, bailing water out of his... Uh... Which, where were you, Steve? I was, in, I was in. I was so ignoring that one, isn't he? Which is important. <laughs> I was in. Because uh, there's so many. I was in. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Saint Hilaire for a funeral. Okay. So it's. I it was like the Tim Hortons at like corner of Saint Hilaire and the Twenty. Mm. You know where that is, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, he just doesn't want to say anything in case he's so silent. <laughs> oh, he's. he's so <laughs> Did ins- he just disconnect? He's so insulted. He disconnected. <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> I think he's offline, too. He's going to reboot his, his Mac. <clears throat> it's not his Mac. It's because it's his freaking Wi-Fi. It's because he's playing the Cataclysm. <laughs> no, Steph is. Hell, I'm syncing my iPhone now. On what? You're syncing your iPhone? Why? What? Why? Because I don't want to forget pictures of my boys again tonight. Hello. 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 Hi, Ham Hayes. Hi, Long. <laughs> a singularity is a point of the black hole where... Uh, guys, this is not going to ha- happen. This is not <laughs> going to happen. You did do it, God, is it, Cam? <laughs> this is not going to happen. <laughs> I love it, guys. My, my name is Ben. <laughs> Did I sound like a physicist a second ago? You sounded like a Simpsons episode, not a physicist. Uh, <sighs> hello, caller. Would you like to buy some insurance? <laughs> <laughs> this call is for Ben. <laughs> this call is for Ben. Ben, how are you? Would you like to buy some insurance? <laughs> Dave, what are you doing, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm sorry, Ben. I'm just having a bit of fun. You're right there. Yeah, that's okay. Gonna... Go to the show notes instead of... <laughs> Go to the I show notes where he's telling us to it off. <laughs> 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 okay. Shall we continue? Where were we? Indeed. 
Where were we? We am were I, talking am I coming across loud. You're coming across nice. Well, nice. Okay, so uh, from the ben, top, Ben, <laughs> something's wrong. You're not breaking Hello. up. <laughs> it's just it's poor Ben. He's gonna, you know what? One day he's just gonna drive in his car. He's gonna be on his laptop on his cell phone, and he's gonna just be like, "This thing fucking sucks." And then two seconds later, he's gonna be at the Wendy House door with a shotgun. <laughs> you mother! Remember that time Steve tried to do a Stephen Hawking? It's going need alone. Okay, so I think we were talking about wow, and uh, and the fact that Steph is like is actually the complete opposite of, of what I thought was going to happen happened. Like I thought, you know, the new wow would come out and we wouldn't see Steph for like about a couple of couple of years. No, it's not going to happen, guys. You're going to continue to see me. Really? We're just going to see you on Twitter now. No, no. At the next uh, the <laughs> Cupcake Montreal thing. <laughs> so no, I I'm think big. I think I think Ben's uh, disgracefully. Disgracefully, Ben, you there or not? Go to the show notes. I know, I saw it. Last but I mean, line. I know, I saw that. But I mean, are you gonna uh, you gonna try and, and stay in or not? I can't. I'm I'm getting every second word from your conversation. I can't follow. I don't know what you guys are saying. Oh, are you downloading yeah, something? I... No. Are you time machining? <clears throat> you're on nope. Wi-Fi, right? That's that. That's the big issue right there. Is that you are on Wi-Fi, but you can't avoid that, right? Say again. You're on Wi-Fi, is that correct? I'm on Wi-Fi, yes. But you can't stop that, right? You can't prevent that. We have to solve that, I think. In season three, the role of Eric is played by Ben, the Cylon. (laughs) (laughs) We just put a picture of a toaster. (laughs) Toaster? Toaster? You You don't don't even know her. You don't even know her. Yeah, yeah, I know. know. (laughs) So let's keep going. So... So what I was what I was what I was gonna say was that um, I'm actually quite surprised by by the recent WoW release because I thought that we would never see Steph again, and he's actually twittering like a freak. <laughs> like what the hell is going on? I open up Twitter and and he's twittering more than I am. He's even twittered tonight during the show four or five times, which is not something he does very very often. It's I think it's um, I'm gonna stop right now I guess and I'm sorry. If I've offended anybody, <laughs> no, I think I think that's that's gen- has been generally the point. It's just that it's surprising that you decided to actually <clears throat> do it with the release of Wow. I mean, like I, we thought for sure you'd you'd lose, you know, you'd you'd be huddled into some uh, internet cafe somewhere, and just that was it. Rest of your life just playing Cataclysm until you hit eighty five, level eighty five. That is not level. the age of eighty five. Yeah, no, well, may- maybe both, right? Um, <laughs> Never know. But no, Twittering is is okay. I don't mind tweeting from time to time. I'm having fun just picking on you guys or jumping on some of the comments you guys are making because that's fun. But you know, I'm not going to go on the four square. I think you guys have got uh, you've got control of those of that too. So I'm going to leave the you, Steve, and uh, JF to take control of that. Uh, I'm losing all my mayorships. I, I don't see any point anymore. <laughs> are you getting badges though? For what? I haven't got any new badges in a while. No badges. We don't, we need, don't no need no stinking no badges. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a little bit upset that Cupcake Montreal didn't have a badge because that was like pretty much a, a social media event, and there was no badge for it. So that was a little bit uh, a little bit upsetting. I have seventeen badges, and the last badge I, I I acquired was when Eric's car broke down in the middle of nowhere, 
and and basically I I I four squared literally from a, a road that didn't exist. So uh, I got a badge for the great outdoors, which was welcome to the great outdoors. Behold, Mother Nature's true beauty. Now, if only she'd throw a double rainbow up in this place. And that was the last badge I got. And that was in August. So I haven't gotten anything since. And so kind of like, you know, I don't know. I'm still checking in just so I can claim victory over uh, over Steve every week. <laughs> <laughs> but I have I have been addicted to something else recently. And it's uh it's it's another iPhone app. It's called uh Crank. Q uh what's Q Rank, I guess. Q R A N K. Um, go to the iTunes store. We'll put a, a link to it in the show notes. And it's basically a pub quiz, like a daily pub quiz. You have 20 questions to answer. You got a certain time limit to do it in. And basically, you got to try and beat your friends doing it. So yesterday, I got a pretty nice, I got like a 5,000 point score. And today, I absolutely sucked with 2,000. And I and I just basically got killed. So it was not very, very good. But I'm, I'm, it'd be cool because like, like, I don't know, when we were, I, when we, I was a kid, we played a lot of Trivial Pursuit, right? That was like the good, cool thing to do with your friends. Um, on on well, when when we finally had friends that were girls, uh, you'd play a couple rounds of Trivial Pursuit, and it was kind of funny playing teams and stuff like that, right? Like a pub quiz, right? Instead of showing how you know how strong you were, so look how intelligent I am, yeah, or that, lack thereof. And that got us so many chicks. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that really worked out well. <laughs> but but no, but the Q rank stuff is actually a crank. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Q rank at this point because it doesn't make sense. sense to call it crank. Uh, the Q rank game is actually kind of a lot of fun. You guys should, should should download it and play it. And I think you can play it from Facebook too if you're a Facebook player. But um, I'm not, and I'm slowly. I don't know. I'm slowly drifting away from Facebook altogether. But I'm. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So I'm. I'm still considering canceling my thing, but. Uh, there's just that little two percent that's still holding me in there. And to be quite honest, I'm very much there to promote the, the dad cast, the site, and to uh, to find out what my little cousins are up to. That's pretty much it. Uh, so I don't really I don't really use it, and I definitely don't play every any play, ever play any games on it. But the Q rank thing is actually kind of cool. So if you guys you're on our iPhones, you know have a have a play. It could be it could be quite interesting. Um, and we'll, like I said, we'll link to that in the show notes. Is there a mobile version of that? What, on a Xenon? <laughs> yeah. I, I hope to God not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, got- I have to apologize to Eric for uh, for my... Well, I, I have to apologize and at the same time I really don't want to, but I have to apologize to Eric anyways because we do rip him about his phone quite a lot, but I, I honestly do feel that the writing's been on the wall for long enough that smartphones are the only way to, to go in the future. The, this you everybody will have a phone of some sort, right? Well, I think the the phone companies are 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 going to push for smarter and smarter phones, and also try to push people or, or corner them into data plans. So they may offer less and less phones, and it may get to the point where they say, "Okay, we'll give you a future phone, but there's no number eight on it, and that's the trade off." <laughs> No, seriously, the money is in the data plans, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and they call it, in the industry, they call it a a double average revenue per unit. So basically, they can bill you twice for the same device. And that's what they count on. That's what they they, they ask for, right? So, And it kind of makes sense. Although I I really am upset that Canada is the country that we play the highest rates in the world. um, And we have the worst service. But uh, somehow, that's acceptable to the CRTC. You know what? I'm with you on the um, 
uh, on the pricing thing. I, I was talking to some colleagues tonight who are saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm coming to Canada and I just have to tell Verizon I want the Canadian plan and I want it disabled on Friday when I get back. And they just charge me for, for four, four days prorated as opposed to having to keep it for a month and then remember to get rid of it or something. I say, huh. And then all the, you know, oh, yeah, you get an Android phone and you have an unlimited plan. Boom. And it's $45 for what? So that, that part upsets me. But you know what? My phone and my plan and my data and all that stuff, it does everything I need it to do. So as far as the service goes, even the customer service, I'm reasonably happy. I don't know that everybody is, but I am. So, uh, and when I'm not, I bark. But, I mean, I don't go around complaining about my carrier ever, really. So, maybe if I had another phone. That, that's or, because you're getting free swag from uh, Elisa Miranda all the time. I have never received anything free. I would like to receive. And if you're listening, <laughs> love to receive one of those, maybe that tablet love that's going around right now. I don't know. But, honestly, I am happy with my provider. I'm happy with the service they give me. I never have gone a minute without having data or phone uh, voice service. I don't have too much to be upset about. But yeah, if the prices could go down and the features be improved or more configurable, I would definitely smile more. But I can't say I'm disappointed with my service. I think I'm getting what I'm paying for. So for for me, um, I... I'm very happy my work pays for it. <laughs> is how I want. It. I I've negotiated my wife's contract more than a few times, and it just it just pains me every single time I do it because it's a consumer plan, and so there's absolutely zero uh, compassion to help you out whatsoever, uh, no matter how much you spend. And she's not a big spender. She's going to spend a very very little amount because she uses her phone very 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 little to begin with. So there's there for her there is no interest in getting data. It doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's almost twice the, the amount of what she pays for her normal phone just to get you know a two or three emails a week on it. So I still don't think it's there for the for the glove box grannies and the and the and the soccer moms. Um, although more and more soccer moms are having their 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 phones paid for by their works, you know. So I, you know what, I don't. It's it's a tough call, but I do know that we are paying insane amounts of money for it. And if that could come down, it it would be good. And the, it's just stop the hidden charges. Stop all the hidden crap all the time. You you pay twenty dollars a month, but then you have a, a an eight ninety five idiot tax. Because you need a service access fee. Well, what did I just pay my twenty dollars a month for? Apparently, not that. Then you have like you know the nine one one, which CRCT, CRTC imposes. But do they impose it on the person? No, they impose it on the carrier. Why can't the carrier just pay for it? They're already getting eight ninety five out of us. Why can't the carrier lose that twenty five seventy five cents? Right? There's little or things you know like what? that, or at least bury it in the price and hide it from me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the same thing happened, and and, and I'm sure you can, uh, uh, you know. Um, uh, empathize with this. Right, right now is the um, time of year where everybody wants you to sell chocolate and popcorn and God knows what to raise money for Boy Scouts or for daycares or schools or, or whatever. And we just got hit with like our fourth fundraising swing of, of the year. And it was for skating. And we paid, I don't know, 80 bucks, 100 bucks for my son to take skating lessons for the whole winter. Well, they, they hit us with this thing where they want us to sell like $120 worth of chocolate where I know they're going to get 60 of that back because for daycare, I'm on the board. I know how much we get back for these fundraisers and it's usually 50%. And I, we asked them, I said, well, why are we doing this? And they say, well, it's to pay for the ice. 
I said, but the volunteers teach the class. What's the $120 paying for? And they really couldn't answer me. And I think the ice was paid for. And, and they just want it, you know, for the end of your pageant and all this other stuff. So God knows why they want this money. So you're like, well, let's just write you a check, not go through the trouble of selling these stupid chocolates that nobody wants to buy and call it a day. But they said, oh, well, really, it's because we have to pay Skate Canada $30 um, to, to be part of the... I said, well, just bury it in the price. Next year, charge me $150. I am happy that my son is learning how to skate. I will be blissfully unaware of all the static that happens on the other side of the check. But instead, the tendency is to undercharge and then try to grab on the other side. Phone companies do it. Skating classes do it. Schools do it. Everybody does it. And why don't people just charge what things are really worth? Because they're afraid. They're afraid that they're there. And then, and then what if next year suddenly it costs more? Well, why are you raising the price now? Why are you doing this? Why do There's always that little bit of, of okay, well, we're, we're trying to give you the best deal possible. This is the greatest deal in the world. It's only $4 for 17,000 weeks in a row. You know, like it's not $4. It's $17,000 times four. You know, it's like it's a lot of money. Stop with the BS. And that's what I, I really ticks me off about, about the way things are marketed these days. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. There is no – it's not a good deal. You know, um, it's not a good deal to, to pay $20 a month plus another $10 a month in, in, in what I would call uh, – Customer customer idiot tax, right? Because that's what the SAF is, basically. Why are they charging me a service access fee when I'm already paying them and being on their contract at $20 a month, right? When mm-hmm. when I don't use my 200 minutes, do they ever credit them to me? Do they ever roll them over? Never. But, so they're lost. But I still have to pay that eight ninety five every single month to access their network. Well, fine. And the- Make that your base price. Make the eight ninety five to be the base price for accessing your network, and then basically every minute I, I use on top of that, whatever. So they got into the habit of saying, "Well, the customer will pay twenty; he'll pay another ten. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, oh, suddenly the customer will pay you know fifty uh, percent more, and then. As Canadians, we're slapped another thirteen percent tax on top of all of that. So usually, so my twenty my twenty five dollar bill would end up costing me close to fifty every single month. That is yeah, but, not a deal. But as Canadians, we just don't complain. We don't, you know, we say, "Oh, it's not fair." We tweet about it, and that's about it. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We don't but, do anything about it. But the thing is, say you buy, say you want to. We're not allowed to because if we do, if we do raise a, a, a concern and we bring it up to the CRTC, the CRTC will rule on the side of Bell, like they have so many times before. Yeah, but you know what? If I go to the store and they say, you know what, this Black and Decker toaster, $59. I expect it to be $59 in tax, and I walk away. I have an agreement and with, the, with the store saying, if I give you this $59 in tax, I walk away with a toaster, and I can make as much bread as I can until the thing breaks. I want that from my cell phone carrier. I want that from my cable provider. I, I, you know what? I, a system access fee is really a system maintenance fee. They, they charge you this $9 so they can upgrade and maintain the network which you're paying to access. Yeah, well, but you're paying that through your $20 a month anyways. Well, that's it. Hide it in there and just have it as a maintenance cost that removes something from the top line of the ledger. You know what I mean? Charge instead of $40, charge $49. And you have $49 coming in as revenue, $9 of that comes off because you're budgeting that into a pool of money, a bucket of money to do maintenance, to change towers, to paint towers, to put cows over the tower, whatever they do to those towers. And, and, and I don't care. I don't care. 
I just know that a certain amount of money I've budgeted for my phone goes to my carrier. But don't tell me it's 20 when it's really 40. Exactly. I want to know that it's 40. I'm happy to give you the money. Do what you want with it. I don't care if it costs you one cent to in costs and in management to, to operate and the rest is profit. If I've agreed that that's a fair price and I'll give you the money, then take it. But don't nickel and dime and tell me, well, this is for this and we're giving it's for value added and we and this is the, yeah, it's, no, it's absolutely yes, it's absolutely yes. I, I have to ask you a question, Steve. You you pay for your phone, but does your work pay you back for it? Oh yeah, I expense it every month. You expense it every month, right? So my my phone is covered. I never see my bill ever. Steph, you never see your bill either, right? I I see no, I see a, a bill, but I don't have to pay for it. Like it's okay. already taken care of. So this is basically what the what the the phone companies are banking on that that all of us guys and and all of us people are basically going to have these 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 phone bills that we don't really care because our company pays for it. And when usually when you're doing a business to business sale, there's a certain element of oh well he's not you know it's I'm not paying for it. What the hell you know you know they always do this anyways or my company negotiated for me. It's not my fault. And I think that's the problem is that in Canada, the monopolies, and I, they're almost monopolies, right? The, the big three are so big that they've stopped caring about the consumer because what they're really looking to, to, to do business with is with your company, not with you. Yeah. I think Eric would say now it's technically an oligarchy, right? <laughs> I guess he would. I guess he would. And it basically just means there's just enough competition to make it that it's not a monopoly but it's little enough competition that they really don't care because they're all going to charge you thirty nine dollars. Yeah, there is right. absolutely there. There's absolutely no no reason to undermine what the other guy's saying. And usually, what happens is like you know, and you'll see this all the time. You know, like okay, well, in response to what Rogers is doing, Bell decided to do this, and you're like, what do you mean in response to it? You can't think for yourself. Like it just doesn't make the, any sense. The good thing is it's the only it's the only thing in Canada that's like that. We don't have another industry that that has price controlling like that. It's not like you know there's price fixing on cigarettes or or gasoline. Or no price or, fixing. or milk or uh, cable television or Ma- satellite or maple television syrup or maple or, syrup. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there's none of that in Canada whatsoever. No, none, none. So none. we're uh, corn. We're, we're pretty lucky. A uh, wheat? Uh, no, no, no. There's no price fixing in Canada. So. <laughs> Anyways. It's a free market. It's a free market. It's a free market. As long as you go with the price that I set. Yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. Even in hydroelectricity is, is frozen. So, And tonight, more well, than no, ever, I, I think. Th- I, th- I think the biggest one about the hydroelectricity is that, well, we've made record profits, but uh, we need to pray, we need to increase the, the rates. Why? Well, because we made record profits. So we need to make record profits again <laughs> next year. Yeah. We have to show growth. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing that I hate the most is the responsibility is not towards your customer; it's towards your shareholders, and that is the worst thing ever. When you start res- having a responsibility towards shareholders over the customers, you've already started to lose. Well, not only that, but if it costs you ten cents, you know, to sell something for twenty cents, and that you you're making you know nice margin, and then the next year you say, well, that ten cent thing, I'm going to charge twenty two cents for it to show a bit of growth. Why not try to get your costs down to eight and leave it at twenty, and you'll still show that twelve cent delta. And is it? But it's well, just it easier. 
Well, I, no. I, no, it depends on that because then because then you start making the cheapest crap ever and everything goes back out to China and you get the really, 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 really awful product that no, actually did th- cost three cents to make, but it also it meant that you know four kids were trapped in a in a in a piece of machinery too. So there's no, the, no, I think there, there's an there's an equilibrium in there somewhere, right? There is there is a, there is a, a, a balance to find, but there is a point where you say. Okay, well, I need to find our economies of scale and just-in-time planning, and 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 to squeeze your uh, your your suppliers a little bit, and find these um, these ways to to somehow um, you know reduce your cost so that you can show your customers that you're still slightly cheaper than your competition. The other way to do it is to say, well, I'm raising it by two percent this year, and the competition say, well, he did it, so I'll do it. And that's so exactly the price- what's happening. And that's exactly what, what happens a lot. But if you take the Walmart example, Walmart will take giant companies like 3M or, uh, you know, you name it, and they'll say, okay, you know what? This is how it's going to work. We're going to order 10,000 pounds of Post-it notes, and they have to be at these stores by Wednesday. And we're going to order 12,000 know, pounds of this stuff, and it has to be at these stores on Thursday. Well, if the Wednesday stores don't get the Wednesday shipment, they will not accept them on Thursdays. They get sent back. So now these other companies are forced to meet delivery standards that are set by the buyer. How often can you call up your, your phone provider and say, okay, here's the deal. I want a phone and it's going to be at my house tomorrow. They're going to say, haha, four to five days, sir. Thank you for doing business with us. But Walmart can leverage this and they'll say, and by the way, we want to pay a cent less on every package of post-its we want. And they'll say, okay, well, we'll sell 4 billion post-its with you guys next year. Okay, we can well, do that. Because the re- their return on investment is high enough for them to be able to do that. That's for sure. But, you know, like buying but power it, is definitely a huge incentive to to, 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 to strike a deal, right? So Yeah, but then, but then it also forces 3M, uh, and I'm using 3M as an example here. It could be any other company, to look and say, okay, well, we're going to give that one cent back to Walmart. What do we have to do internally to be able to save two cents in order for it to be better for us. Because otherwise, if we just knock it down by one cent, we're not showing any growth, right? So then they'll look to save two or three cents. And what are they going to say? Oh, well, if we change our plants in such a configuration, we can produce more in less time, same quality, all this other stuff, and we're saving four cents. Fantastic. But are they, but are they really changing their – are they really, really going to be changing their, um, their plants and making it more streamlined? Or are they going to just try to basically offshore it to some place where it's really cheap to make? No, and you know what? A, what a lot usually of, a happens. Lot of, mm, a lot of these companies actually will do certain amount of stuff. Look, if if you're talking about shipping stuff and and and, and transatlantic and all this other stuff, um, there there's a tipping point where something makes sense to suddenly offshore it. And if if you make cat litter, right, and you have to, you know, it's like the tar sands. They're only profitable when, when, when oil is above a certain dollar value per barrel, right? Because the cost of production is high. Well, it's the same type of thing with other products, right? You wouldn't want to have your cat litter made in China because that stuff is heavy, right? So, it, you know, if, if, if they can make it for like one-tenth or one-twentieth the cost, there's a certain tipping point where they say, okay, suddenly now it makes sense to get it from China. Otherwise, it's going to be more expensive for it to come from China. So if they have existing plants that they've invested and they've they've, um, amortized these plants 
for the next 10, 15, 20 years, they have to, to wring every penny out of them that they can. So they, they, they do this in their planning and they, they, they reduce their overhead uh, you know, by uh, inventory minimization and all kinds of strategies to make these things work. So when Walmart comes with something and they say, okay, well, let's see how we can do it, they go into these, you know, um, uh, brainstorming sessions and, and, and all kinds of uh, thought-generating processes to see where they can save their money. If, if somehow their accounting department can do one less thing differently or their marketing group or they try to figure out not just in the production line but where they can do this. And they try to find these, these differences. And it's about getting lean and every time being slightly leaner while still maintaining high quality. Companies that don't do that there's only two options. Do it the way we know how to do it or get someone else to do it for us cheaper. And, and, and so the whole, whole way, reason we came to this is we were t- talking about hydro, right? And how hydro could either raise it by two cents or reduce it by two cents. Well, companies like that could. And the carriers can do that type of thing too because they have enough buying power to say, you know what, Nokia? I'm not going to carry your phones next year because you know, we're not happy. And they say, oh, wow, that was 32% of our sales in Canada. Okay, that's why are they not happy, right? So that type of thing can happen, and they have that power. They just don't wield it. They, they wield it in one direction towards a consumer, but they don't really turn the screws into the manufacturers and the vendors. And, and they're looking at it all wrong because we don't have unlimited funds, whereas these vendors are equipped to react to market forces uh, uh, you know, and, 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 and shifts in customer uh, demands. So I, I don't. I went down a big rat hole here. And no, I no, no. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't call but, it a rat hole. But I, I think it's a, it's a good explanation for your garden economists like like myself. I mean, I don't really. I I, I tend to side on the on the on the the side of the consumer more than else. I've always been more of a small business kind of guy. I've always been a, a more of a local business kind of guy than to look after the WalMarts. I hate going into Walmart um, unless I know that it's something I absolutely need. Everybody in the world is carrying it, and Walmart can give it to me a hell of a lot cheaper than something else. Then I'll I'll, I'll bite the bullet and go into Walmart. But if I'm looking for, say, a good camera, um, and I know that my camera shop could really do with with my money, I'll go to my camera shop always, you know. Uh, especially if I'm going to get some better service, I'm going to get some kind of like uh, some kind of help and and whatnot. So I do tend to be very very much more towards the small business and the the all the big huge crowdsourcing and and uh, and and you know the, the the leveraging from the big companies do when it's all you know you know how do I get a better deal? How do I get this? And how do I get that? You know, the distribution network doesn't quite work for the small for the small guys, but it kind of works really, really well for, for, for Walmart because you always get the impression that the guys like, and I, I mentioned Walmart and I could be mentioning any of the any of the big box stores, but they do seem to push their weight around and, and squeeze the little guys out of the market. So I, I already have that animosity against them. And maybe it it, trans, it transcends into the way I, I you know I think of the market at the same time that you basically you know the bigger the stores the worse it is for our economy. Mm. But it, I do know that a lot of big companies actually every so often re-examine uh, their desire to do business with Walmart because, like I said, you know if 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 Walmart uh, asked for for jeans to be delivered on a certain day and they miss that Wednesday those 10,000 pairs of jeans go back 
And now these people are stuck with these genes that they don't. That no one else has ordered ten thousand. What do we do with and them? And it's never and it's never the five hundred ones either, right? It's always like the five thirty five or a version silver of, tabs or something. Yeah. But orange tab or or whatnot. But the thing is, you know, they look and say, okay, well, we do sell a lot of volume, but with less margin to Walmart. So they they look and say, well. Maybe we can be number two and make more money than being number one and make less money. So sometimes they look at that. And, and in fact, sometimes just being on the shelf at Walmart gives you that exposure and that visibility. And sometimes it's a cost of doing business. But the, they're one of the hardest companies to do business with. And, you know, they're, they're, a, bit, they're a bit of a, I don't know, a headache for, for people, especially if you're in supply chain or inventory management at a large company that sells to Walmart, they're probably the thing they think about the most is how do we keep Walmart happy today? And, you know, but those but guys is that, are is that, a, is that a healthy relationship? Is that a healthy relationship to say, how do I keep Walmart happy or how do I make a good product for my customer? Well, the thing is, is that's the, not the, guy, the that's not healthy. No, but the guy in inventory management or supply chain management is not worried about the customer, right? The, he's his job is to make sure that his company's product gets to where it's supposed to go in order to hit the bottom, you know, top and bottom line targets that the customer uh, that the company have. But Somebody else's job is the job to make sure their customers are, are, are well served. There's a whole fleet of VPs that, that, you know, they that's their whole thing. So as a company, yes, is my customer well served? And how well can you serve them and say, well, we make the best product we think, you know, we make the best widgets and our customers should know this and they buy our product. The best way for it to get it in their hands is maybe going through a Walmart because it's exposed to the majority of people. Um, so... We have to get it there, and we have to get it the day they, they ordered it and the day we promised it, and, and that's the tricky part, and that's the thing where, you know, I bought our camera at a really small shop that has been around, I think, longer than people have been in Montreal, uh, uh, Simon Camera. Yeah, that's where uh, I bought my Pentax. And those guys, you walk in there, it's got the creaky floors, it's got like cameras hanging all crooked on shelves and hooks and all kinds of stuff. And you can pick up the camera to walk out on the street and take a picture of the street and nobody goes out there with you to make sure you don't run away with the camera. And, you know, they give you top service, they're, they're, they give you information and you get a reasonably good price, but you know that if you have a problem you know, the John behind the counter remembers you and gives you service as opposed to some guy there who's just there to hand a box to you and, and send you out the store. So there is room for both still. It's just a question of what are people looking for? If they're looking for service, you don't go to a big box store necessarily. And so there, there's always a market or room for the small guy, but maybe not as many small guys. But it has to right? be, and, and this, uh, yeah, exactly. And the small guy has to be in the right area because the the small guy, uh, to take the camera analogy again, the small guy for um, for Simon in the West Island, it was Photoco, small little uh, camera shop here in Valois, which basically had been running for many, many, many years, and you know was doing a pretty good trade. They had they did your passport pictures, they sold film equipment, they sold bags, they sold high end cameras, they sent, and they, you know they were doing the. The, the kind of stuff they had, the, the expensive Monfrotto uh, tripods. They even had the uh, the other ones as well. But, you know, 
Walmart was selling the Canon T2i for 10, 10, 20, 30% off of what they were selling it at. And they couldn't because it, you know, it would take them three, three or four days to get one into stock. And then they, you know, they have to turn it around at almost at full price. They couldn't always match uh, stuff. And just recently they had to close down. And they, and they basically the shop's gone, so they couldn't keep the the inventory that that Walmart did, and and you know sell the phones that that Walmart was was selling, and and, yeah. and they got screwed. And, but a guy like Simon downtown, where he you know there's 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 a, you know a cool million people coming in and out of Montreal every day, you know he can he can do that kind of trade because he know he has that kind of like you know there are that those high end people that do that, but you can't do that in small in smaller places in the in the burbs. The Walmart's going to crush the the small village people. Yeah, the the only the only other thing that you, it, it's 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 people that are looking for the fat middle, right? So most most of the people are going to buy the you know uh, intro DSLRs or even the no the Canon T2i, yeah, you know the or the prosumer type thing. But if you're looking like for a single digit camera, you know you're looking to get the D7, yeah. or you're looking to get the you know uh, whatever other ones are out there. That, yeah, you're going to go to a pro photography shop for that. That's for exactly. sure, right? That's and for sure. That market will always be there, but that's not the fat middle. Most people aren't buying the D7. Most people are buying, you know, the a quick, uh, quick, uh, quick shot. Yeah, yeah the, or the, the even, power shot, uh, the power shot, or the T2i, or the or the uh, the Nikon D700, whatever the ones yeah. they're using on TV right now to tell you this 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 whole commercial was shot on this camera with four million lumens of light to complement the camera, but yet it was shot with this camera. So yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's what and, and, that's what people have to remember is that when they shoot. Walmart- they shoot. Yeah. They shoot a commercial like that. Every you know, they've got they've got four mil, They've got four thousand dollars steady cam rigs. They've got you know. It's not. You're not going to walk into the street and shoot a commercial on that camera. That camera, all it's doing is basically you know capturing film. So it, you're never going to get those kind of results with with that same model camera ever because you're not putting in the light. You're not doing the atmosphere. You're not getting the great actors and all that kind of stuff. You know, that those commercials make me laugh more than anything else. But it's true though that. You know, that's the camera people want to buy because they saw it on television. So, you know, it's just a question of readjusting your 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 market, right? Or readjusting your your inventory to reflect uh, you know, in your business model. So if you'd realize that you can't compete in the seven hundred dollar camera market, then you put yourself in the same well, no one's gonna beat us on the D sevens. Right, we're gonna we're gonna sell those. We're gonna keep those in stock. We're gonna provide value add that you know the other stores can't, and we will carve out a niche. And as opposed to being the corner camera shop now, they're gonna be that place where you go to get you know a lens or the guy who makes it really easy to send your phone in for uh, your your camera in for repair, or you know the guy who also gives courses on photography. You know, on Tuesday nights, and you know it's twenty bucks a course or something like that. Like they're they're gonna find that thing that is the value add that that people came for the camera and come back for all that other stuff. But you you buy a camera at a big box store, you're not gonna buy any of the accessories at the big box store because they won't have them. They're gonna have some nineteen dollar cheap ass tri- tripod that you'll never use, right? Or that won't take good pictures because they wiggle. Or, yeah. or what? No, no, for so, sure, for sure. So, so it's it's really a question of saying, well, you know, uh, I, I bought all my bikes growing up from a bike shop. Uh, you know, it's really I good bike buy, shop. I still buy my bikes from bike shops. I don't buy them from Canadian Tire. 
Yeah, but the bike shop has also gone away, and but they also don't really deal really exclusively in the fat middle anymore. They'll have you know some kids' bikes and then carbon fiber or aluminum bikes that started around six hundred dollars. And when I was growing up, I bought two hundred dollar bikes at a bike store. Well, you can't buy too many two hundred dollar bikes at bike stores anymore because they realize that's not where people come to buy their two hundred dollar bikes anymore. So you know no, they make the money on. And in all honesty, uh, two hundred dollars doesn't even get you Shimano gearing anymore either. So you're <laughs> look even yeah. MEC, even MEC, which is a fantastic deal for anybody, has uh, their stuff is basically uh, seven hundred to a thousand dollars is the is the the average median for for you know like I would say. Uh, I would go to about a 15-year-old's bike. I mean, $700 to spend on a 15-year-old is a lot of money. But considering that I, the bike I had when I was 17 is the bike I continued to have till I was about 28. So I don't know. It's not such a bad, it's not, not, not such a bad deal. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, getting like a $300 bike or a $200 bike for a 15-year-old, it, 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 the kid won't care. You know, and 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 the bike won't, and the, and the bike will probably be crap anyways, and 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 break apart and stuff like that. I, the the bike analogy is, is is a little bit different because it it's it depends on what you do and all that kind of stuff as well. But I, I wanted to ask Steph because Stefan's in the market to buy a camera. He's he's been looking at the T two Y, I believe, right, Steph? I'm looking at the T I T one I T one I. Okay. Why? And you'll ask me why. I'm not going to buy something that's brand new because it's just overpriced. Yeah, okay. Whatever. I mean, I, they, some, sometimes they have that one feature that you want, right? So, you know, if, maybe if they added in some some extra uh, ISO rating or something, you'd, you'd, you'd want to buy into it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, like the K7, I would definitely buy over the K5 cause, because just <clears throat> the, the ISO range is so amazing. Even though I'll probably always keep it in 100 anyways – it would go a lot higher, but I mean, like, so you're you're thinking about where have you been looking to buy the camera so far? Future Shop, Best Buy. I've actually looked at uh, Dell, surprisingly, because Dell sometimes has a better price than those two guys. Okay. I've also looked at the uh, what was that store that I think Ben had mentioned in Henry's. Ottawa. There's a nice place, Henry's, Henry's yes, in Ottawa. So. Yeah. So it's just a matter of waiting, and you know what? Part of me was like, let's just rush and do it. But I'm thinking I'm just going to wait between Christmas and New Year's. We're probably going to go to Ottawa, and it'll probably be a smarter way to just do it then. So you're 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 looking for. I mean, and that T2Y or T1I that very much is the fat market, like uh, the fat middle that everyone's going for. So you're really looking for the best possible price. Well, best possible price and best possible package that I can get. You know, you're going to look at the uh, the shop that. Uh, you're looking at the best shop that for the camera shop because you've got the human contact and this and that. At this point in time, that's not really what I'm looking for. You've already done your research and you already I've know what camera research. you want. Correct. And I know what I want and so forth. And that's so why guys I, like Photoco are out of business yeah. because people did, did their researches at places like Photoco and then went and bought it at Walmart. And that is kind of from Amazon, right? Or yeah, Amazon, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of like where I'm trying to get to as well is like, you know, like those, those little, little home mom and pop stores are great. As as long as you have the you know the balls to go and buy it there for the extended amount of price, you know. Well, it depends, right? If I had an, a specialty shop that was charging me twenty dollars more, I would probably go there just to make sure that you can chat with someone who knows what they're talking about. But if there's a price difference of fifty or hundred dollars, sometimes that fifty dollars just you're saying, well, would I tip them fifty bucks for helping me out? Probably no, but usually, not. usually when you when it's a huge difference like that, when you go there, you can probably get yourself a free filter, uh, UV filter. You could probably get them to 
jump in some kind of like you know maybe a, a one of their cheaper bags they'll tr- they'll throw in as well or at least get you started you know they'll do something extra to make sure you walk out of there kind of happy like when i got my my, my lens rip, repaired over at photoco in in, in valua um they they and you remember this from the story they uh, a few few podcasts ago they they refused to let me leave until i bought a filter right so that filter cost me an extra 20 bucks but i was really happy to buy it because that's what saved my camera the first time i dropped it therefore why would i leave the store without it even though you know like hey i just paid x amount of dollars to get the camera repaired you know I, you know i need to she, but she basically made the made the point you need to buy this filter now and i said well if i'm buying a filter i might as well buy a case and i bought a case too so there's that kind of element there. The guy at Walmart, he doesn't give a crap, right? He says, oh, yeah, you really need a filter for that. Oh, yeah, here, have this case too. You know, not, They don't care for that $20 sale or that $10 sale on top of it. And I think that's the, uh, where uh, basically you know, some of those stores can, can really help you. But, it, it, again, it depends what you're going in there to, to get, right? If it's your first camera, you probably got your whole package all set up for and you already know what you're going to get and you're just looking for price. You know, Correct, and then you got to live see, with the service I'm not, afterwards. I'm not a Walmart shopper. I just, I don't I believe hate, in I don't Walmart, Walmart either, either. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of people love it and then they've got some great stuff. I just don't, for, for a whole bunch of reasons, and the main reason is the, the one that's closest to our house, and I think we all share the same one, the one in, in Kirkland, is for all intents and purposes, the second busiest one in North America. And you know what? I don't have time to wait in line. I don't have time to take 20 minutes to look for a parking. I'd rather be driving for 15, 20 minutes to get to where I want to go and then buy something. So that's one of the big things. And the other thing is it's impersonal. It's just uh, you hear so many stories about how Walmart does business and stuff that I just don't don't agree with it. You know, say, well, if you're going to sell with us and to small, some of the smaller outfits, if you want to sell through us, you have to cater only to us. You cannot sell to somebody else. Now, that's not going to happen to big companies like Philips and 3M and so forth because they can say, well, you know what? We'll find another place to distribute. We, we don't have a problem. You know, our distribution channels are so – we've got so many and so varied that we don't have a problem. But some smaller com- companies and outfits just can't do that. So they cater to that need and eventually they've got – they're stuck selling only through that channel. Do I, do I believe in that? Probably not. No, I'm, I'm com- totally against it. Uh, and and uh, again, that's why I've, I've chosen to to look for p- p- people around me as well. But it doesn't stop me from buying from Amazon. You know, whenever I get a chance to try to buy something from Amazon, I, I, I usually do. I mean, the price is good. I've done my research on it and it's something else. And usually when I buy something from Amazon, it's because I haven't found it anywhere else. Or it'll take me uh, the, the same amount of time to get it sent to a chapters near me than it would for me to just you know, get it off Amazon and they get it the next day. So that's the thing I hate the most. You want something, you want it now. So you go to chapters, it's not there. Well, that's annoying. So you go home and you buy it on Amazon, you get it the next day. And you go to chapters and the, chap- the lady says, oh, yeah, I can order for you tomorrow. It'll be here on Thursday. And, uh, and you know, so you and, you... and you have to come back and pick it up. Exactly. So, you know what? I might as well just get it ordered to my house. Uh, thank you very much. You know, whatever. Great. But... And that's for books and stuff. But I mean, like Amazon also started doing all this electronic stuff and all the other stuff as well. And to tell you the truth, I mean, the the biggest problem for Amazon in Canada is the fact that it really doesn't have a good inventory of of products. It's very very limited. There is no comparing. So it's still 
it's still that that kind of great great white Canadian shaft where basically you know like okay we're only selling one type of this product in Canada so we're going to sell it to you at full price and when you go and see that product in the in the states where they all, not only do they sell the Canon but they sell the Nikon they sell the Pentax they send every single D- D- DSLR they make the prices are competitive because there are Amazon resellers in there and they got their stores and whatnot and they're basically trying, you know, competing against each other to get, a, to get to give you the best price. So if you're doing something where you're really researching for a product, you're really researching to get a good uh, a good deal on something, a place like Amazon in the States really does make sense. It's broken in Canada. There is nothing like that here. I don't know why. Well, there's another another thing that you need to consider also. You know, buying stuff from the States. Like, you know, I'm looking for my camera and uh, the best deal that I found was from the States and it was, you know, $100 less. But I didn't buy it and I'm not going to buy it. Well, the, no, your warranty, is, the warranty won't work here. And that's the big thing, right? Yeah. So, well, why can't I buy it here? Well, because the Canadian the Canadian division says if they're not going to make any money on it. So if we're not going to make any money on it, we're not going to be supporting it. Yeah, which which is like the biggest broken thing of the of the North American Free Trade Agreement is that the no matter you know you know we can sell our stuff in bulks across the border to each other. The states will complain about the price of our lumber and everything else, whatever you know or, you know it doesn't matter. But uh, the the transparency for the online stores just isn't there, right? You know the, you know you want to buy something in the states, it's going to cost you duties, it's going to cost you shipping. It's just it's not worth doing unless you go and plan a trip to the states. You do there and then you live with a warranty. And if it breaks, well then you you know, screwed. You you buy something else. You don't get it fixed. And the biggest difference again between Amazon in the states and Amazon in Canada, or just basically the market in the states and the market in Canada, is that. We're a tenth of their population, and we're twice their size. So everything's well, going to cost more. Well, I don't know more. about twice their size. Well, almost, there, but... almost. I uh, no. A lot of it's barren wasteland of the Arctic, but I mean, we're very. It's a very, very big country, right? And the distance you travel to get something from one place to the other is 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 a hell of a lot bigger than it is if you were going through 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 America. So you know. There's there's that point as well. So yes, we are the you know this this nice big country on top of the uh, on top of the states, but it costs us a fortune to do business with them because everything has to get imported. I have to pay duties on top of it, and then everything else on top of it as well, right? Uh, you know. Yes, but don't, just just to uh, to right or wrong, we're not twice as big. We're about two hundred thousand kilom- square kilometers bigger than they are. That's about it. According to Wolfram Alpha, we're 3.66% larger. Uh, Only 3.66%? Okay. Yeah, we're 9.6 million uh, square kilometers is in the U.S. and 9.985 square kilometers Canada. in Canada. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know yeah. what? You know, I think I, I know where I get that, that, that all mistaken from is whenever you, you look at those, those maps we had in elementary yeah, school. Yeah, because you forget to add Hawaii, right? <laughs> no. You know the maps Puerto we had in Puerto Rico. <laughs> The maps we had in elementary school, because of the way that they just, you know, they try to take a round globe and try to like flatten it out, there'd always be some countries that would be more distorted than everything else. Like, do you ever notice, like, when we were we were in high school, Steph, that the, that that you know, England was the same size as Brazil, because of the way that it was all distorted. It's because they try to flatten it out instead of making it all that wavy shape you used to see on the NBC News in the background. They, you know, not the wavy shape, but you know, like the, you know, when you you when you unpeel a, a, an orange and you lay it flat. It's going to have bits where there's stuff missing, right? But that's going to help you fall asleep at night. I'm but okay all with the it. maps that we had in high, in, in high school and elementary school, they were just these big flat maps, right? So Greenland was the same size as Canada. 
you know, like, and, and England was about the same size as Brazil because it was like everything in the Northern Hemisphere was emphasized and everything in the Southern Hemisphere was basically, you know, distorted and, and made smaller. So you always get the impression that Canada is this great, big, freaking huge country because the map was made for Canada, not for the States, right? So the emphasis was made on the point of view of viewing it on Canada and not on viewing it in the States. So surprisingly, Russia is 1.7 to our 9.9. So the, no Sorry, no seventeen to R nine seventeen to R nine yeah because I, I was going to go to the power of seven and not the power of six it used to be twenty one so, when they were the USSR right but yeah, the, yeah they're seventy one percent larger that's insane which I I wasn't picturing in my head I knew they were bigger but I thought maybe like a third no no I knew they were that big and again it's those maps the the point of view of those maps you had when you were a kid because you you, you always when you ever see you see something you see the way you first saw it right the, the big map and the distortions and all that kind of stuff yeah and you go go back in history and have a look at some of the really really old books and open them up and they got a map of a map of the world you know and, and it's all like you know the cartography is all wrong and everything we had a uh, National Geographic Atlas uh, at, at my parents' house, and it was published, I guess, in the 70s. And you know that it's old because Lake Victoria still exists in Africa. And that <laughs> lake, that lake uh, was about as big. <laughs> that lake was about as big as uh, one of our great lakes here in Canada, and you know now is is empty. Yeah, it's not small. It's empty. It does not exist anymore. So. Uh, and then that's the lake on pretty much on top of Kilimanjaro, isn't it? No, not Kilimanjaro. Um, There's the big African mountain. Um, I don't know. Somebody is it? I thought it was Kilimanjaro. Uh, no, I got the Twin it Peaks of the Kilimanjaro. All right, hang on. Let's do a. Sorry, that's an old Monty Python skit. Yes, I know. I was trying to Google at the same time. I, I've, I've realized that in the last couple of podcasts, I cannot. Uh, Tanzania, yeah, Kilimanjaro. Okay, I got it. Ah. Oh. So yeah, it was basically Lake Victoria was near there, right? It was basically on the top of it or whatever. Now Kilimanjaro used to have this entire the entire mountain used to be white, and now when you look on it, go to Google Maps right now. You know Kilimanjaro, there's two little white dots where the snow is, and that is it. There is absolutely no ice left on no glacier left on Kilimanjaro whatsoever. Scary. Well, what's the smallest country like in the world, bud? At the Vatican. Very good. What would be the second one? Uh, would it be Liechtenstein? No, it's uh, no, 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 no. Hang on, Monte Carlo, Monaco, Monaco. You guys are good. Oh, Mon- Mon- Monaco. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I would have thought the Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein, but Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein is actually quite big. Actually, it is. It is actually quite big. I, I know that because I drove through Liechtenstein in an hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite big. I did only took me an hour. <laughs> well, the Va- the Vatican is four blocks, dude. You know, it's like it's if like, that big. It's like nothing, and and there is no female population in in the Vatican. I don't think to this day, or if there is, it's a very 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 small por- por- uh, portion of it. Well, let's go back to the um, Wolfram Alpha. <laughs> Wolfram Alpha. This is the biggest rat hole show ever. <laughs> All this to say. That some companies, and this goes back to what Steve was saying, some companies are out there to say, well, you know what, let me make a small a small margin on the product, but sell a lot of them. Yeah. And what's the bis- biggest example of, of a distributor like that is Costco. Yes. They're, they're well, not they're high, making... They're they hold one or two items, and then they won't even hold it for that long. But they, they're not making money. They're not making huge profit on each item. It's just the quantity of, of items that, that come in and out. That's really Vol- volume. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they, buy, volume. they buy. They buy. They buy. Margin. It's it's not the large margin. It's just the volume. 
Okay, so here, here's um, you know, in kind of in keeping in this whole discussion about about big companies and whatever. Google recently announced that they're going to acquire, or not really announced, but there's rumor they're going to acquire Groupon. Correct. So Groupon is it's a social buying network. So basically, what they're doing is you would log into the website, and they're going to say, "Well, it's like Groupon." So Group mm-hmm. Coupons, I believe, is what it stands for. So you yeah. you go to Ottawa and you say, "Oh, here you go." If you there's a whole bunch of people that have uh, bought this this opportunity, and so therefore the 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 savings is that much higher. So they're just trying to get into a social networking that's that's actually going to compete or provide some capability, some competition to probably Amazon in a different way because Amazon is just selling a product. This one's going to be selling a, a service or a link to to products. So it's probably there for uh, their you know their start into selling products. That's the way I see it. Is this something that I would I would be interested in? I took a look at it. And uh, the closest location, gentlemen, is uh, Ottawa. Ottawa, it's yeah. not available in Quebec. Well, because you know Quebec, Quebec law, right? No, it has to. The website had to be in French for one. Yeah, but not only that, but um, to participate in 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 any kind of promotions or competitions or, or any kind of stuff where you're getting some kind of huge deal in Quebec, it has to be run through Lotto Quebec or licensed no. or agreed by Lotto Quebec. Not coupons. No, the rigide. Régie, régie des, um, des jeux, I think, is what it is. Yeah, that, okay, well, basically Lotto Quebec. But coupons don't fall under the category. Really? Are you sure? I, th- I thought that was the big deal with Quebec. No. Quebec is uh, – this is where all the, the contests, the contests have. And it's not just that they have to go through the lottery to Quebec. They get 5% of whatever is, is giving. So so just, just like in the last little while, Groupon's come out with 2.0. Um, so their their latest version of Groupon, and I would try to tell you more about it, but unfortunately, I all of my TechCrunch articles go to one two seven dot zero dot zero dot one. So somebody, please, other than me, look up the uh, the Groupon uh, uh, thing and tell us a little bit about it. Maybe we'll be able to have an intelligent conversation on it too while I'm at it, because basically they've changed something. So I guess maybe they didn't get acquired by. By Google. I'm not sure exactly how it's going anymore. I really don't know too much about it. Yeah, your city guide, Ottawa, 50% to 90% off. That's my city. Well, that's because it's going based on your location. My, my location. Right? And my location is uh, either Monde- Modesto or Montgomery or Ottawa. Oshawa. Uh, there's really nothing around us. So if I continue... Yeah. And enter your email address. I don't really want to enter my email address, dude. Can but I? Basically, it's just coupons that are personalized to you. So yeah. they're just connecting. It's just another way of them connecting to what you like and what you dislike. In, in the new, essence, site, the new gonna, site is very pretty, by the way. Well, what they're going to do is, and, and this is, I could see why Google would be interested in that, is they're going to get on to understand what your purchasing likes and dislikes are. So when you search for something, say, well, he favors Future Shop more than he does Best Buy. So I'm going to rank it first. Is that something that they're going to look at? I don't know. But does that make sense? I think so. I think there's a probability that they're, they're viewing it as, uh, in that way. I don't know if you guys agree. but so, so could this be the power to the people that we need to combat uh, as, as consumers to, to combat the, 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 the crap that Walmart's forcing down our throats? Maybe, but I thought there was also a dimension to Groupon that was the type of thing where, okay, you get 10% off, but if 5,000 people buy them, you get an extra 5% off. Isn't there yes. some kind of like, yeah. like you know, some kind of a, a critical mass reward system uh, also built into it? That's it. I think the more people you tell, 
the uh, you know the Groupon negotiates huge discounts with popular businesses. We send the deal to thousands of subscribers in our free daily emails. So what they do is they just they personalize it. They buy and redeem coupons and they make great gifts. And I think what they do is they want you to share it with people. They just want they just want a larger and bigger. So they want us uh, to do the marketing references. They basically yeah. want us to do the marketing now. Now, if I buy it at the ten percent discount, but suddenly five five thousand other people buy that discount, will they send me a check for the five percent difference? I don't know. That is a good question. That's a good question, maybe and that's we, why maybe that's why they're gonna they're trying to they're gonna spend five to, to six billion on this company. Uh, who knows? So, uh, kind of, a, you were ta- you're talking a little bit about this yesterday, Steve. I, I think it was off air when we talked about it, but basically, you had a similar experience with Amazon. Yeah, actually, it was, it was surprising. Um, I got an email, two emails actually. Uh, I bought a Kindle, uh, I guess, a couple of months ago now. And I got an email a couple of days ago saying, "Oh, by the way, we're we're refunding you twelve thirty three for this purchase, and it was for my Kindle because my uh, export fees had been reduced." And I was kind of surprised to see that, thinking, "Well, why aren't they just pocketing the twelve thirty three, you know, and say, well, you know, we thought it would be this, we charge you this, and you know, it's a little bit more, so we made a little bit more, but they passed it on to me." So I guess they're happy with the margin that they had expected for their product, and that was it. Well, sure enough, an hour later, the second email comes in saying, we're also giving you $2 and whatever cents back because this Java concurrency book that I bought also had higher export fees than they anticipated, so they're giving it back to me. I have looked back, and I can't think of any other company that's refunded me money just because their costs went down, not because... They purchased it, and the, the the purchase price for them had gone lower, but their cost of doing business somehow got reduced, and they passed it on to me. So I guess it's kind of, I want to say it's a coupon, but it, it was definitely something that I was not expecting, um, especially from a big company. Uh, you know, it, it is kind of interesting. I don't know if, like, you, you said, because you bought it basically. I mean, when you buy a Kindle, you basically buy it from the States, right? You don't really buy it from here. So maybe the, the, the dollar fluctuation had something to do with it. I don't know. Uh, could it just be that and they just want to make sure you don't get screwed or? Uh, maybe. Maybe, you know, they're, they're doing it um, to prevent, um, you know, bad press, right, and to maintain goodwill, you know, all you need is one guy to, to, to put something out there saying, hey, by the way, did you know that Amazon's export fees are really 10% lower than what they're building into their price? We're being gouged. You know, how do you undo that? You got to get PR people involved and whatever. Maybe it's worth 1233 to just keep goodwill, Right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I would make sense to me as well. Like you're you're doing business, and uh, you know you, you want to, you want to make sure your customers are happy. You want to sure they keep coming back. Do it. You know. I think so, especially if you know when you build your 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 business um, your business plan to say, okay, I'm going to sell you know socks, and I'm going to make ten cents a pair of socks, and if I sell a million socks, I'll make this much money, and that's you know to hit our. Uh, you know, to cover our expenses and to make so much profit, that's what I need to do. Well, you know, you're expecting that. And if it's better than that, you know, and you're way into the black and you're happy and it's a small cost of doing business, do it because your customers will appreciate it. 
and and all you need is one guy because there's always that one person that'll dig and yeah. and and look and, and he'll expose it. And now now it's going to be like big bad company ABC screwing the little guy. And and, and I mean yeah, and Amazon's probably a little bit in the forefront these days, especially since they've been attacking um, Apple more and more these days. With the, you know Apple comes at one deal and then Amazon will cut it by a dollar or two, doing the Walmart effect to to what Apple's prices are and some some of the Apple products. Um, so I guess it's not exactly like Groupon. Stefan's just saying that um, you know he's, he's he's like he's on the show. And then he participates in the chat room, which we don't have, which is hysterical. So he's found out more about Groupon. So please, Steph, speak up. <laughs> so in essence, what they're doing is, yeah, thank you. I, well, if we're going to talk about it, I may as well find out about it. No, no, but it's so funny that you were I, so polite that you had to type it out and just say, hey, you know what, guys? I found out more about Groupon. <laughs> so the idea is that basically they say, or a new business will say, well, I'm going to offer, you know, for example, Spa will say, I'm going to offer this deal that should be, you know, 120 bucks. I'm going to give it for 80 bucks if 100 people purchase it. So what they're doing is they're going to group the offer based on the fact that they want 100 new customers. So they're going to get 100 new customers, that, so it brings new business to the company, but they're willing to partake or to, to, to give them a rebate in order to do that. If there's not 100, nobody gets a saving. Okay. So, so that's why it's a group coupon. So you're so not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna get it until everybody's done into it. So even if you want it right now and there's not a hundred people interested in it right away, you're you gonna have, have to wait. wait. You have to wait. Okay. You I have see. to wait for the deal to be on or not. Okay. Well that makes kind of makes sense. I might actually you know what I might look at it for um I'm I've been looking for a... this is stupid. I'm there's so many things I'm looking into these days. So Pentax, um, the flash I want for my Pentax camera is the Pentax 540 flash. It's about 550 bucks. They should have just made it 540. It'd be easier to remember the model number. Uh, so, but it's it's one of those flashes that I can sit off of the camera and it can basically do some strobing work with it. You know, and it swivels up and down very much like my. My $50 flash I bought with my Pentax K1000 now costs 10 times the price. But anyways, so I've been look, trying to look for a deal for it. And there's zero deals on flashes whatsoever because, you know, you don't have to. Why would you have to, you know, people, it's one of those products that people need, like 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 lens filters. People will always need a lens filter. No one's going to give you a deal on it. So maybe something like Groupon would be good for that. Maybe I'll have a look at it. And Ottawa's not so far away, and you're not breaking any law by driving to Ottawa just to buy a um, just to buy a lens and, or or a filter. And that, that that's one of the things that kind of annoyed me a little bit as well. You know, you have to set up a PO box to deal to deal with the, with the stuff in the states. And if you want to participate in most Canadian things, you also have to you know set up a PO box in Ottawa or Gatineau or wherever you know the closest part of a or Hawkesbury. You know, whichever area you wanna you wanna deal with. So, um, a tip to Montrealers: if you want a great deals in Ottawa, find a friend in Hawkesbury. Uh. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I own a condo in Cornwall. <laughs> okay, why? You probably got it for a dollar because of the smell. <laughs> uh, not East Angus, Cornwall. It, no, but the Cornwall Cornwall is not the this the, the sweetest smelling place in the world either. Um, no, that's true. It's it, no East Angus, though. But no. we love you, East Angus, by the way, if we have listeners out there. But, you know, you do have a paper. Aren't, aren't, aren't you pretty much from that area or your wife from that area to begin with? Is it you? Yeah, no, but no, her. It's okay. about a half half hour, 20 minutes. So you're uh, making fun of the outlaws now. No, no, it's, it's the big, <laughs> big city near, near their town. Okay, so. okay. 
So, so anyways, no, it's, it, it's, it's quite funny. You know, and, and, and when you go to the actual Cornwall in England, which is a, a very, very much of a coastal little region with little tin roof houses and everything's very sweet and very nice and whatever. And then you drive down to Cornwall, Ontario. It's like the complete opposite in every possible sense of the word. <laughs> it's, it it kind of makes me laugh a little bit. So, you know, Groupon, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... Interest- I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on it. Yeah, but I don't expect anything to come, you know, to to, to come to fruition. Uh, well, you know, for for us, it's I don't see how practical it will be. I've looked at the what they have to offer for for uh, for Ottawa, and right now it's very limited. Unless you like to buy flowers or you want to go to the spa. <laughs> Not, nonetheless, I'm expecting 500 words tomorrow on uh, coupon for the blog. So. <laughs> Okay. Let's, keep an, let's keep an eye on that. Assuming yeah. the role of J. Jonah Jameson tonight is uh, Steve McCoop. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Would you like some pictures of Spider-Man with that? <laughs>